You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk with an aircraft crew chief. He's responsible for making those airplanes go up and running. And his profession has to deal a lot with the trades and has to deal with using your hands. It's not much on the computer, but more of outworking and using your physical self and your body. I had a great time talking to him, and I hope that you have a great time listening. So without further ado, here is the interview with the aircraft crew chief. So what is your job title? I am what's commonly known as a crew chief, and my current actual duty title is aerospace maintenance craftsman. And what kind of things are you trained in? I am trained on both uh, small aircraft such as fighters and large aircraft such as bombers and cargo and aerial refuelers, uh, doing anything from servicing fuel to air to hydraulic systems to changing tires and brakes to, uh, in some cases, changing whole wings, uh, changing engines, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you put into like vague terms, what do you do in, I guess, like in general, does that kind of make sense? Yes, um, it totally does. On a daily basis that I do now on refuel aircraft, aerial refueling aircraft, which is aircraft that can refuel another aircraft while they're both in flight, I inspect the aircraft to make sure they're airworthy. I determine discrepancies that may have been found by less experienced personnel. I determine whether or not those are good or bad. I maintain the aircraft forms, which is where we document any discrepancies we find, any inspections we conduct, anything like that. I work on the regular basis with pilots and other aircrew to make sure that they get an aircraft that is not only airworthy but has the right types of systems that they need to do whatever mission they're doing. I train new personnel on a daily basis and I help manage and mentor personnel throughout the duty day. And did you always know that you wanted to be in this field from an early age? I did, actually. My grandfather, when I was very young, took me to an air show at an air base that was near where we were living. He had been a Navy pilot and had found out that the Navy demonstrator team, the Blue Angels, was going to be flying during that air show. And I believe I was five, maybe six years old. And when I saw those jets flying overhead and doing all the cool loop-de-loops and barrel rolls and and close formation flying, I immediately thought, I want to do that. I want to be one of those pilots. I found out in later years that I didn't have the, the right physical requirements to be a pilot. So I thought, next best thing, okay, well, if I don't get to fly them, I want to put them in the air. And I wanted to become an aircraft mechanic. And soon then started studying how to be a mechanic. I turned wrenches on motorcycles for my friends and cars for friends. I even became a mechanic in high school, going to shop classes. I discovered the Air Force had that actual position that I wanted that was perfect 
as far as being an aircraft maintainer and the what kind of swayed me towards the Air Force over the Navy being an aircraft maintainer was one, the Thunderbirds were flying the F-16, which is the uh, Air Force demonstrator. And the Air Force basic training at this time was a lot shorter. Um, and just that and the F-16, which is, again, like I said, the Thunderbird airframe, is different than the Navy airframe for the Blue Angels. Uh, it just looked a lot meaner, a lot cooler, and thus began my experience. All right. So what would you say is what you do on a daily basis from when you wake up to end of the workday? Um, normally I'll do, do the whole shower and bathe routine. I'll show up to work. I will get what's called turnover from the previous shift. Whoever happens to be either the shift lead or the, uh, the, the highest ranking crew chief on that ship. <clears throat> Find out what happened during the shift, what needed to be prepared for the flying day. Um, I'll go through the number of people we have available versus how many we really need. Uh, I'll look at the workload, see wherever I can pitch in. I'm one of the relatively lucky few that I'm now in a position where I get to float around and participate just about in any job. I've gotten enough experience and I'm, I have been in the military long enough where they kind of just let me do as I please when it comes to aircraft maintenance. And so I get to participate in the really interesting problems the troubleshooting that nobody can solve, the the uh, really high-ranking air crews that come out and fly our, our aircraft. I get to meet them. Um, once I've figured out where assignments need to go, then the day just starts. Uh, I'll go out and participate in an inspection or I'll help with a refuel. Uh, I'll help changing a, a tire that easily is, you know, three feet tall. Um, you know, about halfway through the day, we're, we'll break for lunch or we'll start sending a few people out here and there to go to lunch while still supporting the mission. Um, after lunch, normally it's just helping the flying operations as far as uh, getting aircraft started up and the pilots take them and go fly there, do their thing, and come back and, and we will recover the aircraft. We'll help shut it down and all that other stuff. Towards the end of the duty day, it's it's making sure that all our documentation, as far as things we found on an aircraft, is taken care of. We'll do it both with paper forms and on a computer. Um, normally, to, at the end of our duty day, we'll combine all our notes. We'll get with the counterparts for the following shift, and we'll turn over. Then it's wash, rinse, repeat. So how how do you say a teenager would try to attain the job? Like I guess like a standard way through college and then to job. How would you attain it? Well, the the uh, I I had gone in the Air Force. Um, as far as aircraft maintenance goes, um, with all the military branches, there's really just two groups that do aircraft maintenance the best. That's the U.S. Marines and the U.S. Air Force. If you wanted to go into the job. Just straight out of school, the easiest thing to do is get into um, aerospace engineering or aeronautical engineering. Um, you can also get into programs. 
I'm trying to think of the there's a specific program here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, AJAC, A-J-A-C. And what it, it it's actually a really cool program, too, in that you right out of high school. Enroll in this program, you spend anywhere from two to four years apprenticing to be an aircraft maintainer. And it's really cool. You get time in a classroom at a local college. You have uh, fellow crew chiefs taking you under their wing, teaching you about the uh, FAA regs. That's the Federal Aviation Administration regulations. Um, there's also prep schools out there that can teach you what's called the AMP. The short for airframe and power plant. That's a license granted to you by the FAA so that you can be a crew chief anywhere in the country. Other ways to do it is literally by contacting the airline and saying, I have an interest. And sometimes an airline will be like, okay, yeah, just come on out. Or sometimes they'll want to test you, see if you have any real mechanical aptitude. And why do you think a teenager should go into this job field? Honestly, there's a huge number of people retiring. Um, it, it, it's actually a really perfect industry as far as always having job demand. There's always going to be people traveling. There's always going to be uh, militaries that have aircraft that are going to need to be maintained and serviced. And flight in general is a rapidly evolving industry. There's always going to be a need for people willing to get dirty and and learn the ins and outs and nuts and bolts of an aircraft. And really, honestly, as far as things that can get you from point A to point B, there's really nothing cooler than an aircraft, except for maybe a drag motorcycle. And what would you say are some traits that someone would need to be in the profession? Trade steps would obviously be, um, if you're still in high school, get into a mechanics class. It doesn't even matter what it is, if it's motorcycles or cars or boats or even aircraft. Um, the next steps would obviously be learn math. Yes, you have to do math. It sucks, but you still got to do math. Um, learning a little bit about metals. Um, once you get into a community college, if you get that opportunity, look for aviation-related programs. There's always certification programs at local community colleges wanting to pick up guys that want to turn a ranch on an aircraft. If you want to get into the industry immediately, like you want to start turning wrenches right now, the easiest thing to do is just contact airlines. Go on to message boards for jobs. Uh, there's Indeed.com, Monster.com. A lot of them will need to start people immediately. And what you'll end up doing is, you know, if you walk up to an airport and you say, hey, I want to turn a wrench on a jet, you talk to the hiring aid people and they'll get you out there. They'll start you uh, really low on the ground. You'll start servicing jets. You'll start helping jets move around an airport. You'll start loading bags. And it sucks, but it's the beginning and everybody's got to start somewhere. And then, you hear about guys that are that really know about the aircraft, really knowledgeable. Those are the guys you're going to want to work with every day, every chance you get. Um, there's always postings at airports for people that 
may not have any type of certifications. We just need somebody to turn a wrench. Literally, it's as descriptive as that. We need a mechanic. And even if you have no mechanical aptitude, if you have the desire, we need people. Because it's it's just like I said, there's an entire generation of, of tradesmen working in aviation, either on really small aircraft and charters, up to those giant airports like the big one in Denver. You know, we're always de- in desperate need of people. You know, uh, get with the trade unions. There's actually uh, one in California for aircraft mechanics. I can't that for some reason the name doesn't ring a bell or it doesn't uh, come to mind. But one of the easiest things, if you want to be an aircraft mechanic, literally job boards and showing up right at the airport. If you want work now, if you want to learn really deeply about the career field, community college is the easiest thing. There's two programs I can think of right now other than AJAC where you can graduate in less than a year and you can be turning wrenches in less than a year. So what advice would you give to somebody that wants to begin? Be prepared to work. Be prepared to work. You're going to work your tail off those first five years. You're going to work your tail off and you're going to learn so much and the people that you work for are going to cram so much into your head, you'll think it's going to burst. But once you can get to a a level of understanding of aerospace, especially if you have a mechanical attitude, it is so amazingly easy. And it is so fun. You get to look at an aircraft flying over and realize you were responsible for putting that jet in the air. Not the pilots. You own that jet when it's on the ground. How long have you been doing it? I've been turning wrenches in general for almost 30 years. I have been an aircraft mechanic for almost 20. This August makes 20 years. Wow. And I've loved every minute of it. There's been... I say loved every minute of it. It's a love-hate relationship, to be totally honest. Um, there's there's definitely been some long hours and definitely some times where I'm like, oh, God, I need a new job. But then I look back on the experiences I've had and the people I've met and the places I've worked, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I wouldn't because I remember being a high school kid and being the quiet kid in the back of the class. I distinctly remember that. And not knowing what to do with my life. And along came this possibility that, you know, yeah, I could be an aircraft mechanic. And I was so excited for it. And I was always so timid. But then I gained the confidence that technical school gave me. That I had the realization that I own that aircraft, that it's mine. That I am the reason it's in the air and flying. I am the reason it is a good aircraft. And it gave me massive amounts of confidence, massive amounts of confidence. I I could help people after gaining all that experience by training them and training the new group of guys, the new generation, whatever you wanted to phrase it. And like I said, it's it's exciting. It's depending on where you're at, it can be so fast paced you'll never see the same thing again day after day after day. And literally, I show up to work in the mornings. I have no idea what the day is going to be like. And it's absolutely amazing to get an opportunity to meet people in the aviation industry. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, 
at my very first base, I found out I could work as a civilian in a foreign country just because of the training I'd received. That possibility alone opened up so much for me. And guys coming out of high school had that opportunity. If you wanted to turn a wrench, okay, go do a college program, get some certification, and then put yourself out there. You know, my very first base was in Italy. I don't know a single teenager that wouldn't love a chance to live in Italy for a year or two. And to get to do it, turning wrenches on an aircraft that gets people to vacation destinations, that can get, you know, loved ones home just in time for a family holiday, that 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 can get supplies that are needed in, in a war-torn region that can help move entire groups of school kids from one continent to another. That's amazing to me. So what would you say is one of your favorite stories or experiences that you can share? Wow, that man, you're making me think on this one too. Oh my <laughs> gosh. One of my favorites. I traveled to Israel, and this is actually on par with two of them, because I, I can't really tell one or the other. Uh, the first was I got to travel to Israel and work alongside the Israeli Air Force. Those guys are crazy. You want to see some really exciting fighter plane footage? You can go on YouTube and you can look up F-16 low pass. They're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. They have an F-16 flying hundreds of miles an hour, 20 feet off the ground. And I learned so much about working with people who had, you know, no original basis in the English language. So I got to learn the thought processes of an entirely different group of people with different, um, uh, who were raised differently, who had different values than I did. Um, that their worldview even was entirely different. And it was really, really super exciting. And I don't think I would have ever had that opportunity unless I had been an aircraft mechanic it, because it was such a rapid thing. You know, my supervision at the time, they, hey, we have a, a temporary duty at a location we can't tell you. Well, how long is it? Well, we can't tell you that either. Okay. I'll go. <laughs> Two days later, I'm in Israel, and it is so hot, and it's the middle of October, and it was so hot. It was bizarre. And I got to meet these really amazing guys that had been doing the job for decades, and they took a lot of us under their wing, and we got to turn wrenches on a foreign military's aircraft. Uh, my other favorite one was we went to Morocco. And we got to do an air show showing off our aircraft. This was in, I want to think, 2007. And we met uh, civilian maintainers from all over the world. We met military maintainers from all over the world. And then because it was an air show, there was also civilians coming in from off the base. And we got to tell them about our jet. They were, you, the, you know, we see these five-year-old kids walk up to a fighter plane wide-eyed, and they're just, 
they're stuttering out their questions. And you look like such a hero to them to get to tell them, yeah, it gets, it gets to go this fast. We get to have this many pilots and and we've been all over the places that that you can imagine. That right there, I think personally, is, is one of the few experiences I've had as a crew chief that you can't get anywhere else. To get to be a five-year-old hero. I guess um, last question to ask for you. What do you want to do in the future or want to keep doing? Uh, me personally, I am about to retire from the military, but it's I say retire, and it's kind of a misnomer in our world. I've done 20 years of service. I'm still pretty young, so that means I get to do a brand new job. Um, when I leave the military, my hope is to stay in aerospace. I don't want to be a wrench turner, though. I want to be what's called a machinist. Um, if you know what a woodworker is, a machinist basically does the same thing but with metal. And we get to do it with all kinds of really cool machines. My hope is I get to be a machinist making parts for those jets. And you just want to do that for her however long? For however long. I right. I have always loved fixing problems on jets, and now the possibility that I get to make the parts that the guys that fix the jets need, that's so cool to me. And I I am willing to do that for as long as possible because now that I'm getting a little older, I, I may not be able to keep up with the younger guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, being a machinist is just a logical next step. All right. And can you just talk a little bit about what being a machinist is like? Uh, it's really fun, actually. You would look at a blueprint, and you get to take this big, solid piece of metal or, or, or plastic or whatever, and you get to remove metal in such a way that you've got like one big block, and now all of a sudden you have a part. And yes, the transition from big block of metal to part, there's a lot of steps in there, but it's really fun in that if you are a mechanic that is is very black and white, like, nope, that's broke, or nope, that's okay. Well, as a machinist, you have to be very precise. So that very black and white mentality really translates really well. And and like I said, to get the chance to be the guy making the parts that's fixing the jets, since I, I'm a little older now and it's a little harder keeping up with guys fixing the jets, that's that to me is exciting because that means maybe not just am I fixing or you know not just am I making the parts, maybe I can make the parts better. All right, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, I rambled a lot, and I'm really sorry. No, no, it was fine. I actually learned a lot, and just learned. I love like hearing your stories about traveling to different countries because I love learning about different cultures and being able to just ex go there and experience it. You know, that's something amazing. As far as being an aircraft maintainer, it's one of those few chances you get to do that, whether you choose to do military or civilian. And when you talked about looking up at the airplane and seeing it go. And then thinking about how you were the one that did that. Yeah. That's, I know, I've, I've never experienced that, but it just must be like such an amazing feeling to just like look up and see that, you know, you did that. Yeah. I, over the years, it's it's weird. Over the years, I've been doing it so long, you, you almost become numb to it. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm that 
you know, big man on campus. I'm, I'm the smart one to help put the jet in the air. But then you, you stop. And you look up and you think about the number of steps it took and the number of people that were involved and the amount of technical proficiency all of them had. And you're like, good Lord, I was a part of that. Yeah, that must be like an amazing feeling. It is. So I just want to thank you for just talking about what you do. And that was the interview with the aircraft crew chief. I really want to thank him for doing this. You would just hear the passion that he had for his job in this interview. And you could tell that he wants others to do it as well. And if, out, if you're out there and you're interested in stuff like this, definitely recommend you just follow his advice and you know just follow his path that he laid out because he had some really great advice for people that want to get into the job other than that i just want to thank you for listening to this podcast and just say maybe follow me on instagram at major jobs podcast or twitter at major jobs pod and maybe check out my website at majorjobspodcast.com thank you for listening to this episode i really appreciate it and see you on the next one Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.